0: Welcome, everyone, to another episode of the Average Sean Podcast. Uh, Chris, we are back after a week off. I was completely fried last week. Uh, I'm still fried, just a little less so. How are you doing?
1: Um, I'm doing well, I guess. I think, uh, you know, all of us, including you, uh, in, involved in academia in any way, shape, or form are feeling a little spent this time of the year um but i will say it's kind of nice it's it's a weird dovetail you know it's like oh school's back but then on the flip side of it summer's winding down and we've got the the behemoth sports season ahead of us college football's right around the corner we got pll playoffs we got nfl gearing up we've got nhl not too far down the road and then nba and then icing on the cake a little even further down is college basketball so it's like a weird double-edged sword but i don't know about you but I'm, I'm ready for summer to be over and i'm ready for uh some cooler temperatures and i'm ready for some uh what do they say Pig skin.
0: i mean uh, now that you mentioned it, i'm starting to wonder if uh like the powers that be decided that football would be in the fall just for the sake of teacher sanity <laughs> i know that's not actually how it went down but I, i'd love i love to think of it that way it's just like you know what, nfl you might be a scumbag organization but thank you for giving me some entertainment during these trying
1: times. (laughs) However, can can we say that the NCAA is a scumbag organization now too? Oh, 100%. All right,
0: cool. You could have said that a long time ago too. It's literally like the NCAA, the IOC, FIFA, uh, the NFL, like they're, they're all battling to be the scummiest of the scum, but you reconcile that in your own way. (laughs) Uh, But my, regardless of that, we do have a summer sport, Uh, that we now have a bracket for so chris we have the bracket for the pll playoffs Uh, unfortunately cannons did not make it into the playoff field this year which means we are deprived of playoff lyle thompson and instead we have to watch the infuriating offense of chaos that aside let's go down the bracket we've got Whip Snakes as your number one seed, no shock there. They are the ship snakes for a reason. Uh, Chrome came out of nowhere this year. They are the number two seed. They surprised everybody uh, with how they did. And in fact, I think if you were to take a look at Chrome and Chaos, who were matched up in the first round, and say, "Hey, one of those is the seven seed," you'd go, "Oh, cool! Like Chrome actually made the playoffs. Good, good for them." But no, it turns out it's the other way around uh archers are your three seed i'd say in my opinion a very weak three seed uh, i am not too excited about my team's playoff prospects but we'll get more into that in a second atlas are your number four water dogs your five redwoods your six and the aforementioned chaos seven so whipsnakes are going to get a buy in the first week uh they will play the winner of the water and then archers and redwoods that winner will play the winner of chrome and chaos so chris taking a look at this what are your initial thoughts
1: well so i've got some questions being new to this okay first off i have to say i I don't even know the name of the trophy but i've been seeing pll has been doing a lot of social media with like them getting the trophy all polished uh there was mention of white gloves the trophy looks pretty damn sick
0: I admit, I also don't know the name of the trophy off the top of my head. But it's pretty
1: sick looking. I don't know if it's new for this year or if it's the same one. I would hope it's the same one for the entirety of the league. But um, so I would just like to say that for you know, first and foremost. Second I of think all, it
0: might be a new one just because I'm pretty sure Chaos broke the one that they got last year, classic. and and they broke it on the field during their celebration.
1: Oof! Oof! Yeah, I'm I'm pretty sure that's how that went down. Well, so then my next question is: So Whip Snakes get the well-deserved first round by. Two things come to, to, to mind, being new to this. First off, is there no reseeding? So, like, if Chaos were to upset Chrome, so seventh seed upsetting the second seed, does Chaos automatically fall to play the Whip Snakes, or is it penciled, or it's it's basically inked, written in ink? I can't speak today that Atlas Water Dog winner ends up playing Whipsnakes.
0: I think the phrase you were going for was etched in stone originally. Etched in stone, yeah, something like that. (laughs) And yes, it is in fact etched in stone. So you wish it, so it shall be. Uh, The winner of Water Dogs and Atlas are set in stone to play Whipsnakes in, at this point, two and a half weeks, because they've got this weekend off.
1: So that's interesting I mean I, I I understand you know, try to keep more of a traditional bracket um, I think it's easier for people to understand. Um, NHL does reseeding. that's why I asked. Um, so, then I guess you know my next question. What, what what's your highlighted matchup you know I personally that archers redwoods. Arch uh, well archers has been wishy washy all year, I know they got the three seed but. That redwoods team man, they they've kind of been a pain in the ass to play against it seems and. uh, I know you said that you're worried about your team, but then you know I also look at that chrome chaos matchup and chrome really hasn't been in the situation where they're as of right now, the big man on campus. and chaos has been there done that has a coaching staff that's been there done that you know, should I be more concerned about chaos upset or you know a redwoods upset.
0: Uh, so I think that in general terms, you could run into two or two different scenarios here when it comes to chaos, the way that they have looked all season is nothing short of atrocious
1: agreed. And I don't even know that much about the sport yet.
0: (laughs) It's, it's
1: incredibly frustrating
0: to watch them play at times, uh, which it feels like you shouldn't be saying this because they did win the championship last year, but Right now with the way that they're playing uh, free blaze Reardon because he does not deserve the type of defense that's been playing in front of him. He also does not deserve the type of sloppiness and uh, lack of discipline on the offensive side of the ball either that he's been forced to tolerate and make up for. That said, um, they were in a similar spot last year where they didn't look the best going into the playoffs. In fact, they wrote this. Uh, I think it was like a Twitter poll uh, prior to the playoffs last year, saying, "You know, like which team do you think is going to win the championship?" And like it was like three point eight percent of something, or people picked chaos. So of course, their social media team went all in on the three point eight percenters and all that sort of stuff, and and they rode that to a championship to their credit. It's it's one of those things where like since you've seen it happen. And it did go all the way to the championship side. Like every single bit of me says, like, they're not going to do anything this year. But you put it in the right terms. Like, Chrome have not had this level of success. And their offense right now is hinging on two rookies, albeit two really, really good rookies to have. Cause you've got the Twarden winner, who was also a national champion. And you've got a kid who came out of Army West Point. So. You want to talk about like leadership and maturity out of rookies. Those are probably your two best case scenarios of what kind of rookie would you want to mold if you want to have somebody who's going to be solid come playoff time? Because I have no doubt that someone like Brendan Nickturn is going to be, you know, nervous or maybe like a little bit giddy going into his first playoff game. But you can't tell me that a kid who is. I think. I believe it's as soon as they
1: graduate that they're officers in the army, right? Yeah, but I think now they can get sports waivers because uh what's his face? Reynolds did that from the Navy.
0: Well, I re- regardless of that, um, he might have a sports waiver. Sure. But first of all, I don't know in this stage of things, what person would willingly give up an officership position to play in the PLL. I, don't get me wrong. I want, I want lacrosse to grow, but four years army officer status versus playing in a fledgling league. There's there's no like maybe he's just not an active duty right now. That, yeah, that'd that be my I think guess. I
1: can postpone it.
0: Yeah, I, I, that would be my guess. But either way, like a kid who's set to become if he's not already an officer in our army, who's going to be making those kind of decis- literal life and death decisions. You can't tell me that he's going to be phased by anything that happens on on a lacrosse field. Like, sure, there will be pressure on there, but that's going to be nothing compared to the pressure that he's probably had to face as a cadet at West Point. There, there's no chance. Like, he's going to be rock solid. wasnowskis who just seems like a a rock emotionally, no matter what. Like, I can't see him doing anything outside of you know what he normally does. Uh, you've got Dylan Malloy, who is in. Absolutely underrated. I'm starting to do the preview that I told you we would hold off for a week, uh, but you've got him as a as another solid option on your attack. Like, essentially, what I'm getting at is like I want to believe that Chrome are in a good position and that they have proven it throughout the season to do this. But there's that 3.8 percent that sits in the back of my mind of like, okay, they they legitimately did it. They didn't just like make a run to the title game and then lose to a significantly better team. No, they did the damn thing. So, so you're high on chrome. I am, and I'm very very low on chaos, but it's like it's like that, that uh what if? Well, the the what if and uh what's it like the uh, the dumb and dumber thing which, so you're saying there's a chance.
1: <laughs> great great movie series.
0: Yeah, and like that that's essentially what we're all saying is, yeah, so we're saying there's a chance. So that leads me to Archers and Redwoods and archers just beat water dogs 16 to 12 they looked very good uh adam gittleman was back in the net he also looked very good but what have i said about the teams that i attach my loyalties to chris they crush you
1: emotionally always well and so i you know as taking my other sport influences and dragging them into pll a team like Redwoods is a team that I personally would be worried about. They started off very slow, but they heated up. And, you know, without looking at any stats, they seem like a very sound defensive team.
0: Yes, they they have Garrett Eppel who leads the league and caused turnovers last I checked.
1: So, you know, that's the type of team where I would fear them in the playoffs. However, I'm thinking more series-based sports. PLL is a, this is like you know win or go home basically,
0: but at the same time it is very much like baseball despite being a series based sport where or I, honestly no it, it's exactly like being hockey and baseball is also comparable to it in a similar sense. A hot goalie can steal you one, huh. and the Redwoods went from being arguably one of if not you could make a case for being the most dog shit team in the league to being a team that, you know, was starting to kind of piece it together towards the end of the year. This feels like the formula for archers to break my heart. And when I start feeling that, unfortunately, I have enough of a lifetime of experience to know that chances are pretty good that it's going to happen. Now, on the other side of the token... There was the one year that the Capitals broke through and made it to the title. And they were set up to break my heart yet again that year. They had multiple opportunities. But they didn't. And you could say that Archer's path to at least getting to the championship game, and if they made it to the championship game and, and lost, like, yeah, of course, I'd be crushed. It's a championship game. But dude, I'd be pretty damn happy, at all, honestly, if that happened.
1: Yeah, it's like once the dust settles, it's like, damn, that was a really good run
0: yeah but you know if you take a look at it like they're set up for a good good look at this you know they they would play either chrome who we go back to the you know lack of experience they've never gotten this level of success before if they win their first ever playoff game are they going to be too high after that fact and then the following week have like an emotional letdown and end up losing If Chaos get through, are they going to have to invest so much into winning this round that they don't have the energy to take down Archers in the following round, assuming Archers win? Again, you can make a case for both sides. But here's my biggest concern with Redwoods, and it starts from the midfield and goes backwards. TD Erland, that matchup, he's better than Justin Anasio. That's no fault to Ignacio. T.D. Erlin's just one of the best in the world. Struggled a little bit to start the season. He got kind of settled. He may not look like the best in the world right now because right now that is far and away Trevor Baptiste. It's not even close. But if Trevor Baptiste is that dude, T.D. Irlen, in the grand scheme of things, ain't that far behind. You've got the Redwoods defense, which is always, always consistent. Sure, they, they've gotten torched before, but they stay together as a unit. They communicate extremely well. You'll hear it during broadcasts. They all play together at Notre Dame, so they all know the language. They all speak the same language on the field. But the big key factor is that they have Jack Kelly in net. And when he was coming over, when the MLL merged into the PLL, I was honestly stunned that more people didn't go to get him. He was out before because he had torn an ACL I believe it was but he had a pretty major injury but he was out for a year but before that he was the goalie of arguably the hottest franchise over the course of several years in the Denver outlaws he was an all- world level goalie and I know that because this this summer in the uh world games down in Birmingham who was the goalie of the of team USA sixes squad jack kelly now could blaze reardon have taken that because do i think right now like you know even though on paper it may not you know look like that because chaos's defense has been atrocious this year i still think blaze is like one of one i still think he is the guy but regardless of whatever led to that jack kelly was the dude and then you add in the important element of where's adam gittleman archer's goalie in this situation He was playing the field. So you're telling me that Gittleman, who specializes as a goalie, was better suited to play the field than Jack Kelly, who was better suited to be in the goal. I don't know if that speaks to Gittleman's athleticism and they just thought they could use him for more things or if Kelly was that much better during practice. But my brain leads me to think the latter. So you give me a great face-off guy a top-tier defense, and an all-world-level goalie? Playoffs, baby. I don't care how good your offense is. That's a recipe to run into a brick wall. So I've got my concerns for damn sure that
1: Redwoods could take this. Yeah, we'll have to wait and see. I know I was just doing it. So you said Jack Kelly. And, you know, with the immediate Towson area, you know, Especially within like private school land, we'll say there's a very famous uh, Calvert Hall lacrosse family, the Kellys. And I could have sworn a few of them went pro, but Jack is not a part of that.
0: Uh, I'm assuming you're talking about
1: like Steven and Connor Kelly. Man, crap. Jacob Kelly is one, Dan Kelly. There are five of them that have gone through the. They've all played at UMD.
0: Okay, yeah. Dan
1: Kelly is the coach. Dan Kelly. um, Steven, Timmy, Frankie, Patrick. So, Stephen Kelly was
0: the face-off man for Archers who they had last year, who I was saying wasn't good enough, and he's now on Cannons. Gotcha, okay. Needless to say, if, if Cannons aren't in the playoffs, maybe Sean was right. I mean, Ignacio in- still has some some growth to do, but I'd rather take a rookie with some growth rather than a guy who on paper is very clearly not
1: going to be able to do it with the best of the best. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I just know that that Kelly family like poor and I guess continues to tear it up because the last one is in high school now, but like the 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 private school MIAA lacrosse scene in Oh, yeah. So, um. Uh,
0: now jumping back into the bracket as a whole i will say this water dogs and atlas that game has a lot more implications on it than what people will see initially because what you you're going to see when you first look at the the bracket as a whole is oh man the winner's got to take on whip snakes i look at that and go whoever loses this game you might need to consider blowing the damn thing up because, like, these are the two teams who have, like, Waterdogs last year, they were the number one seed going into the playoffs. They lost in the second round, but it was their first round because they had the first round bye. Atlas made crazy shifts to their roster uh, the last couple of years. They have one of, if not, like, the best attackmen in the league right now in Jeff Teat. Uh, Matt Rambo will always have something to say about that. But T- is a C guy, right? Uh no Cornell, oh, but no T is uh he's a he's a walking sports center top ten it, it's it's ridiculous what the kid can do, uh but you've got all this you've got an all world faceoff guy in Trevor Baptiste who should be the MVP of the league. Both teams have every single reason that you could think of of why they should win, and if they don't, it's gonna be really concerning. That said, with that on the line, that sets us up for a really freaking good game. I mean, if you think about just a couple of weeks ago, they had like what the highest scoring game of the entire season when I I think they were in like Denver. Um, where yeah, it was it was 16 to 15 and it went into overtime. Dude, if we get that run back in the first round, that'd be nuts.
1: Well, so let me ask you this: like Historically, PLL uh, playoffs. You know, should we expect to see a dip in goals? Do we expect to see a rise? Like, what's
0: you know, it's it's hard to say because it if you want to think about things in terms of a scientific method, we haven't really had three true post seasons yet. Thanks. Uh, yeah, <laughs> and that's why. So you could take a look at the data, but that second year they were inside a bubble, so everything from that year is kind of an anomaly. Right. So it, it, it's it's hard to look at and say, yes, I should for sure be expecting the under to hit more or maybe, you know, defenses get a little bit tighter and make more mistakes. I, I don't I don't have the information available to me to say one way or the other. I, I know that's a cop out, but it's also just the truth.
1: No, I mean, it's good to know. Good to know.
0: So that is the PLL bracket uh, that is shaping up to be a lot of fun. If your heart is not attached to any team. Uh, particularly one that wears blue and orange and the last three years has broken your heart, I wouldn't know who does that. So, yeah, we're going to slowly transition away from that negative thought in my brain uh, over to the more fun side of things.
1: And, Chris, football is back, baby. What is that? I hear the CBS, I can't even say SEC theme because it's not going to be SEC. (laughs) Uh yeah, I think actually the, uh,
0: could you imagine now that CBS has Big 10? Could you imagine if they break out that theme song for the Big 10? Everyone they in the south would be. They oh my
1: god, everyone down south <laughs> yeah. is going to be yes. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh but you know what? I I I think I'm more I'm most excited for games to actually start. We have had so much off-field crap between nil these tv deals between conference realignment between the basically implosion of what college football is and was we get to just see product on the field right i mean it's week zero um there are no ranked teams playing this week as, uh, as far as i know wait
0: chris you mean uconn isn't ranked
1: <laughs> no sorry vanderbilt is <laughs> oh god
0: you know would, you know what would honestly be worse and i think I, I think honestly, so UConn's playing Utah State, Vanderbilt's playing Hawaii. I think if you're like a real like sadist or masochist, uh, whatever the right term for like inflicting pain on yourself is, you should have UConn and Vanderbilt playing in week one. And like you should have to sit there and force like you're if you're a guy who goes to the sports book and like gambles on games like you would have to like give up your claim of being a gambler's gambler if you don't gamble on UConn Vanderbilt in week zero.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I, 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 we were just chatting a little bit before we started recording that I, my initial like look at, at this week zero schedule was this ain't that bad. But then, you know, you were like, well, you know, it's, it is kind of thin and, you know, thinking about it, I'm like, you know, this is just like teasing us really. So like, we're all just so desperate for college football at this point that I think we could have Kansas, Vanderbilt, UConn, UMass, whatever other terrible college football team.
0: Oh, dude, I'm in on this Nebraska Northwestern game at twelve thirty. Uh, dude, I'm like, I'm gonna wake up, I'm gonna take my dog out for a walk, get him all settled, do whatever, lay on the couch. I ain't doing a damn thing. I'm just gonna sit down and watch this game and it's gonna be utterly brutal to watch, but I'm gonna be in it.
1: Well, it'll be brutal because how many times are uh, Nebraska's offensive linemen gonna puke?
0: oh god! that that story. How many times has he puked in a
1: row? Like they say like sixteen straight days or something? <laughs> yeah, or something something like that. I will say though, I'm excited to see Nebraska without Adrian Martinez. Now, hold your horses. He has just transferred to Kansas State. So it's not like he's gone. The dude, the legend that is Adrian Martinez continues. Well,
0: okay, but... he was not helped out by the fact that there was Taylor Martinez there right before him. So it <laughs> it just feels like there's been the Martinez at Nebraska since you and I were freshmen in
1: college. I, yeah, I mean, it feel yeah. But I'm excited to see, I mean, I Casey Thompson, obviously he had some success last year at Florida, I mean, Florida at Texas. Um is he finally the quarterback that's able to push Scott Frost's team to a winning season? I'm not asking for much. I'm just asking for a winning season. Maybe possibly dude has what 13 wins in like five years as being a head coach.
0: So I'm going to jump the gun on this real quick and I'm going to jump to the end result of this game. I, I don't know who's going to win. I, I will actually pick Nebraska.
1: I I would agree with that too. I think, So Nebraska, um, I don't have the exact number in front of me, but Nebraska had a huge offseason with the transfer portal. So it's a huge, you know, it's basically a new team.
0: But here's where I'm jumping the gun, though. This is the ultimate, ultimate game of, no, you're not expecting either of these teams to even sniff the college football playoff. Let's not get crazy here. No. (laughs) But, but... You could take this game, if you wanted to, as an early indicator of, could this team be decent this year? And I'm here to tell you that whoever wins this game, please don't do that. Because I just said this game starts at 1230. It's at noon. No, noon, 1230, whatever. The, The site I'm looking at says 1230. That's 1230 Eastern time. Chris, where is this game being played? Dublin. So, what time is this game actually starting? Like, nine in the freaking morning.
1: Nine in the morning. They're oh, wow,
0: God. Okay, my math is awful. Wow. It's like six
1: o'clock at night over there.
0: Jesus Christ. This is why I teach special ed, not math.
1: I mean, also Oh, well, so God, f- that's a whiff. So, as far as I know, I'm doing a little, you know, digging... So Scott Frost and Nebraska has been, they've been, uh, I would imagine both teams have been over at least since Sunday, I believe. And looking to the Vanderbilt-Hawaii game, which is in Hawaii, Vanderbilt has actually been out there for over a week at this point. So, you know, none of the the time, the massive time changes um, for these teams are are really at play this week. Um, With that being said, though, I mean, it's kind of a weird game to put in Dublin.
0: Uh, Chris, what, what matchup out of all of these that we have on Saturday would be considered
1: a good game to put in Dublin? Well, I mean, naturally, you think of Notre Dame. They're not playing this week, but just overall, a game in Dublin, you put Notre Dame. <laughs>
0: yeah, sure, but I, I wonder how much the people of Ireland would actually enjoy the Notre Dame mascot, or would they rather be a little bit, you know, offended by it? I don't know if I'd say rather be, but would they just naturally be a little bit more offended by it? it is... I can understand why you're not putting them over there. Um, On the other hand, my my math mistake aside, I think I know why they're putting this game over there. Because the one little bit of math that I do know is that soccer games or football games don't score a lot. What do crappy games between crappy
1: Big Ten teams also do on the scoreboard? Not score a lot. You're telling me that a revamped Nebraska team isn't just going to put up 45 points? I'm not willing to believe it until I see it. <laughs> Big 10 football. <laughs> so
0: they may have put this game over in Dublin because the scoreboard might reflect what they're used
1: to. <laughs> hey, man, some rug- I, I've, I've actually been past that stadium. A Vita Stadium, I believe it's called. Mm-hmm. Um, I, they play a lot of rugby over there. That's higher scoring than soccer football whatever you want to call it (laughs) um I I see Nebraska winning this game um obviously it it, is it safe to say that this is his last shot Scott Frost like oh it it has to be it has to be right I mean yeah sorry I and I misspoke he has 15 wins in four seasons that's awful (laughs) for a team of that stature that is awful
0: Are they really of that stature, though, or is this just nostalgia talking? And it's not even nostalgia for us. It's like the secondhand nostalgia that we get from older people.
1: I mean, at the end of the day, it's a big institution. They produce pro, I mean, a fair amount of pro-level players, not studs. Do they? I mean, Nebraska, they're kind of, I mean, they're known for, like, their O-line and D-line guys.
0: I mean, Indomitian Sue, sure, but, like, who's the other... You you could say Will Compton, but other than that, I think their most famous like NFL alumni recently is Danny Woodhead.
1: They're a Big Ten school. They're a big school. They love their football out there. They spend on football. So in my opinion, they're they're I wouldn't say in the upper tier. But it, it, let me ask you this: If Nebraska were to have a successful run, easy a team that could be, at least be in the playoff talk. They, uh, they, are, they are of that stature. The, we're the not only, talking about Northwestern here.
0: The only reason why I'm hesitant on that is just again, I I haven't seen it. Uh, right, but Same, I'm of course. I'm gonna. List off some names and, and tell me if, if you know who these people are. Samori Teray, Cam Taylor-Britt, Cam Jurgens, Matt Farniok, Brendan James, Carlos Davis, Khalil Davis, Tanner Lee, Nathan Jerry.
1: They played football at Nebraska.
0: Those are the players who played football at Nebraska who have been drafted into the NFL in the last five seasons. Let's 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 do this even further, Chris. 2016, Andy Janovitz, Alex Lewis, Vincent Valentine, Malik Collins. Any of those ring a bell? 2015. No. Kenny Bell, Randy Gregory, that rings a bell. How's that working out? Amir <laughs> Abdullah, how's that working out? Uh Quincy Anunwa. How's that going for the Jets? Uh Spencer Long. He's not even all Washington anymore, as far as I know. And if he is, he damn sure isn't worth me knowing. (laughs) And that's my team. Uh, Stanley Jean-Baptiste, back in 2014. I don't know who you are. Oh, I'm sorry. There might be a more recent famous one. That's Rex Burkhead, because he was, you know, yet another successful small white dude who played for the New England Patriots. Uh, He was drafted in 2013. He's a running back, so he's probably on the tail end of his career. Uh, Okay. Here's one that is legitimately good, but we're going all the way back to 2012, dude. Our sophomore year of college to get Levante David. Okay. I mean, I get what you're
1: saying. Yeah.
0: So it's, do they really have that stature? I mean, sure. They probably have had more guys drafted into the NFL than Northwestern does. But I'd say with one year, the guys who I listed who have been drafted in the last five years have been blown out of the water by Rashawn Slater. He was a monster last year. So at least in terms of like name recognition, I, sure, yeah, he was drafted in the, in the last year, but you're going to get me the left tackle of the LA Chargers, and I'm going to sit there and go, yeah, he's better than anything that Nebraska has produced in the last five years. That, yeah.
1: that, that's just my opinion. Fair enough, I mean, but you could also probably accredit that to Scott Frost just being absolute dog shit of a coach, but then that also leads to Nebraska
0: kind of becoming a dog shit program because they have a dog shit coach. It's I
1: believe that they got a new a d at the very end of last year or either right before last season, and you have to imagine Scott Frost is not this a d s guy, so at some point they got to be making a move off of Scott Frost unless what what do you think? A winning season, nine wins. Are we looking double digit wins? Like, what is going to save Scott Frost's job? Nine wins minimum. Nine, nine wins minimum. Wow. Yeah,
0: no, it's not even getting bowl eligible. Like, it, it's nine wins because Nebraska. It, here's the thing Nebraska is not the national program that they used to be, but the people of Nebraska believe that they should be. So, therefore, the administration and the athletic department of Nebraska believe that they should be. Whether that's delusional or not, it doesn't matter. That's how they're going to see things. So unless they see themselves getting back to national prominence, not just relevancy, but prominence, they're not going to be satisfied. Plus, like you said, new AD. So unless you see like true great success, if you're the na- new AD, why don't, like? wouldn't you just want to bring in your own guy?
1: Oh, totally. And I'm actually surprised that he didn't. But I think the COVID situation probably had something to do with that. Now, I'm also just like, if you look ahead, they play Northwestern this weekend. Then they are at North Dakota. Then they are at, uh, no, sorry. They host North Dakota. Then they host Georgia Southern. Those should be two automatic wins, regardless of the level. This is a Big Ten caliber team.
0: They should be thanking their lucky stars. It's not, not in the North Dakota State, North because State, North right. Dakota State is a Big Ten school just playing in the FCS.
1: Right, so... They win this game, and it should, once again, should be smooth sailing to 3-0. and And then in week four, technically week three, week four, they get Oklahoma in Nebraska.
0: First of all, glad that that rivalry is back. I'm not saying that sarcastic. With any ounce of sarcasticness, it's totally sincere. Um, I'm really happy that that, that uh, rivalry is back we need more rivalries like that to make a comeback. I mean, I was talking about this with like somebody earlier today, but like we talked about it last year, someone was on the subject of BYU and Utah. And I was like, you know, low key, the Holy war is one of the best rivalry names in the entire country. I mean, Georgia tech has been a a doormat for as long as I can remember uh, in recent years, but they have, in my opinion, still the, the, the best rivalry name of just clean old-fashioned hate with Georgia. And Georgia Tech, in my opinion, is never, ever, ever going to be on the same
1: level of a Georgia. No chance. Not a chance. (laughs) But I still want that rivalry to be relevant. Totally. Totally. And especially with the amount of off-field-ish that we're dealing with.
0: Think about what Clemson and South Carolina could be this year. That could be a sneaky good game. Oh, now yeah. it it all depends on what Spencer Rattler does this year, uh, but and Sh- Shane Beamer
1: seems to be like a really good coach. I mean, on paper, seems like it. Last year, pretty successful season. Um, yeah, I think that I, DJ- I know that you're saying
0: DJ, but I I just I don't see Clemson, regardless of who their quarterback is, I just don't see them staying down for long.
1: No, I don't either. And their defense is good enough to keep them afloat, like yeah, to keep them relevant.
0: That, that's um, why I put more of the onus on Spencer than I do DJ.
1: I mean, it's pretty wild though. I'm looking at the at Nebraska's schedule, and they're in Ireland, but then they have four straight home games, and then they come up my way and they play at Rutgers. So in the first five, six, first... that
0: could be a that could be a tricky one. Just because they have to travel yet again, and they're they're not going a short distance,
1: right, I mean, but then the rest of their year after Rutgers, so they have the Ireland game, four straight home games at Rutgers, at Purdue, home versus Illinois, home versus Minnesota, at Michigan, home versus Wisconsin, and at Iowa. Nine wins might be a bit much, but like you keep some of those close, I can see it a seven or eight win, Scott Frost coming back next year.
0: I could see them justifying it, but I won't go below eight wins for them to justify that. I just, I'm not ready to, you know, say that the admin at Nebraska would be ready to back that. And again, it's because their fans are delusional and therefore they are delusional, but that's all of college
1: football fan bases. Well, and so kind of pivoting here towards the late night game. So we can't call it Pac 12 after dark because it's not a Pac 12 team. We got this whack game though. This, ha- this Hawaii game, I don't know why, but there's something a little interesting about this for me. Obviously, Vandy is total dog shit. Hawaii has been pretty bad. They just had their coach fired this past year for um, some type of off-field issue. But they've got Tommy Chang running the show now, legend. Obviously, Hawaii, just absolute stud college-level quarterback.
0: Post-Cole Brennan.
1: Yeah, right? I mean, that's May he a- rest in peace. Yeah. They didn't call it the air raid. They called it something else. Uh,
0: who cares what they call it? It was a lot of <laughs> it was a lot of fun.
1: Those dude, those Hawaii teams could put up insane scores. Yeah. Now, <laughs> this game interests me because Vanderbilt's not great, but this is an SEC team. That, I mean, on paper, do they need this win more than Hawaii? You know, Vandy is almost a seven point favorite on the road. You have to imagine that, that Tommy Chang has got this team ready to roll. I don't know. And,
0: and I,
1: I obviously have Hawaii pros here,
0: but also, like, I haven't seen Tommy Chang do it, so I have no evidence to say that he's a good coach yet,
1: of course. And I'm not saying he's an elite coach by any means, but. How bad would it be? So Hawaii, I believe only, they won six and seven last year. They only have six starters returning. How embarrassing would it be for Vandy to go out there, spend an entire week in Hawaii, and then get rolled as an SEC team? So I'm going to
0: put out something before I answer that directly. Of all the shitty teams of the crappy football schools, that could have gone out to paradise because that's what Hawaii is and not be affected as much by the environment around them. I feel like Vanderbilt's the best one to do that because they're literally situated in the city nicknamed Nash Vegas.
1: Yeah, totally. I agree with that.
0: So in terms of like distractions, like these kids probably have distractions abound to them or all around Nashville. So if there's a team that could, you know, tolerate going out to paradise and not completely slipping mentally, I I feel like it's, it's Vandy. That being said, both schools have been so, so bad. Hawaii, just in terms of the off season and Vandy, in terms of everything,
1: everything. Minus a small little glimpse Named Jay um, Cutler. Jay Cutler. Yeah.
0: yeah, yeah. My mine is that little blip in time known as Jay Cutler. <laughs>
1: they have been so terrible, didn't they? When Derek Mason was their coach, they had they upset some team, or at least they 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 came very close. And I remember, and, uh, I forget. Who, I'm. It clearly I, wasn't
0: that memorable because I have no clue what you're talking about.
1: Maybe it's when they had the 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 female kicker. Was it Sarah Fuller?
0: I, was Derek Mason their coach then? I don't even know when he was their coach. It
1: not not receiver Derek Mason.
0: Oh, then yeah, I really have no clue what you're talking about here. okay, Vandy no is that far out of my, like <laughs> my attention span that I've got no clue. I knew about the the uh, young woman who was their kicker. I got nothing else for you
1: yeah, I don't I don't know. I mean, I think that that's an interesting game because it's like If Vandy as an SEC team gets rolled in Hawaii.
0: That's a bad look for the SEC. Yeah, that's
1: an awful look. And I get that that gap between the SEC, you know, core and Vandy is huge.
0: I mean, I get the reason like why Vandy is still in the conference and it's to kick up the conference's GPA levels. But (laughs) I'm not sure that the rest of the SEC could abide that loss with how much shift is going on in terms of conference realignment. They might just boot Vanderbilt and go. You're an embarrassment to us. We don't care about your sticking grades.
1: Yeah, I yeah so mean,
0: like if we're being honest about it, if Vandy wasn't uh, an SEC school. They're an FCS team. I'm um, I'm willing for to make like,
1: at least yes.
0: Oh well, yeah, but it, like, what are we going to jump to? College baseball, where they've been absolutely dominant. College baseball really is. It, it's relevant to those who are diehards for it.
1: Yeah, I mean, well, basketball—they're at least like respectable, kind of, right?
0: Uh they have been off and on, yeah, I'll—I'll I'll give them that. But no, in terms of football, they're—they're they're an FCS team masquerading as an FBS school. Yeah, like I—I I genuinely think that JMU could walk into Vanderbilt this year and have a legitimate shot at beating them.
1: Yeah, and I mean, it's got to be hard on morale for those guys. I mean. Granted, their schedule every year is absolute hell. Oh, for sure. So, like, even if you were to clean house, like, and get a new AD, do coaching staff, like, how do you even begin to turn that around? Because anyone that you're recruiting is just being sucked up by literally everyone north, south, east, and west of you.
0: Drugs? And I'm not saying give your players drugs. I'm saying going around to the other college towns and and – like destroying their water systems with drugs. Oh, that's God. that's probably that's... your best and only option.
1: All right, we might need to edit that part out.
0: <laughs> no, no, we're going to leave that in there because I know it's one, never going to happen. Two, I'm not, I'm not actually promoting them to do that. <laughs> I, in fact, let me be very clear. The people of Vanderbilt do not go drugging other teams. I am not saying to do that. God, you know what the sad thing is, is I feel like I like I should give that disclaimer as a joke. But pardon me wants to say that I have to give it seriously because of the day and age that we're in. Like somebody would take that seriously.
1: True. So, I mean, looking at the rest of the schedule and, you know, most of the games are kind of flat. Um, Wyoming and Illinois. Um, Illinois seems to be a week zero wonder every year where they always play either a really close game. They're always just
0: seems Nebraska way... and Illinois last year.
1: Yeah, that that Nebraska Illinois game last year that I believe Illinois won. They did. So like, is just just another week zero where like Illinois is going to win, and everyone's going to be like, "Oh, is this the year that Illinois is kind of back and relevant?" Probably.
0: Uh I don't know about that because Wyoming is supposed to be pretty god awful this year. But,
1: but I'm I'm going gonna, gonna to stick a new I'm, cycle.
0: Well, I'm also I'm going to stick on the Illinois train for a second, but it's it's a three legged train that's not just Illinois. They're playing Wyoming, Florida State's playing Duquesne, North Carolina is playing Florida A and M. These are three team like three opponents that traditionally these teams should be beating seventy two to nothing, and in the BCS era would be beating seventy two to nothing.
1: Don't tell that to App State, but yes.
0: Well, yeah, but that that's kind of where I'm leaning with this. These three programs, Florida State has been the most egregious recently because Illinois was never really that relevant. They just kind of have the fact that they're in the Big Ten to hang their hat on. And North Carolina, they were supposed to be good last year and then just fell flat on their face, but they're always kind of like, okay, they're just a middling ACC team. But these are three teams that should have enough talent to roll their opponents so i'm actually like interested in these games to see okay are you doing what you're supposed to be doing because if they are rolling their opponents i'm going to look at that and say i'm not taking anything away from this game which is the best thing that you could have me do because you want this game to come off as a glorified scrimmage because you want to be that good that this game is not noteworthy in any way, shape, or form, except for maybe some highlight real plays. But if any of these three teams struggle with their opponents, oh, I'm raising the red flag early on their season. That That's going to be a major concern, especially Florida State with Duquesne. Florida State just lost the number one recruit in the offseason, and then you go and lose to Duquesne, I'm sorry, but that you can't come back from that. Like You have to fire your head coach on the spot. Like Lane Kiffin him and leave him on the tarmac, even though you're going to be in Tallahassee. Take him to the local airport and just drop him off on the tarmac and make him take an Uber home.
1: <laughs> Whew, vicious. So, yeah, I have to agree. And I, I'm excited to see UNC has a five-star quarterback recruit this year that is uh gonna finally get some playing time let's say his name is drake may uh i could look
0: that up in a minute but
1: i do not know that off the top of my head um i'll look it up but i they have a this this top recruit that obviously has had to ride the bench um i just double check here and let me see if i'm right drake may i am correct look at that so they've they've had this guy waiting in the wing for a few years um, obviously, the team around UNC—I mean, around um, your your commander in chief—soon to be when Carson once eventually gets hurt. Um, the people in Washington are excited about Sam Howell.
0: I will, if, if I, I if I could speak to them directly, I would caution them against doing that because they always do that. But let him ride the bench of it. But they, um they like the way that he's been playing in the preseason. Because, you know, preseason success always translates to regular season success. <laughs> Dan Snyder has never found a way to screw that up. I'm not projecting at all.
1: <laughs> I sense some bitterness here.
0: No, really. I have some bitterness towards the, towards the football franchise, or what claims to be a football franchise in Washington. I'm, I'm shocked by this discovery. Do, do you hear the, the tone of shock in my voice? You sound thrilled. I'm just expecting another season of misery. Rightly so. I'm, I'm, just, I'm building myself up to spend the season dead inside again, Chris. That's what I'm doing right now.
1: Well, so you know, spinning, I guess, back to the college and some things that hopefully doesn't keep you dead or alive. Anything, <laughs> a- anything with the uh, the top twenty five that like catches your eye—good, bad, ugly.
0: Uh I'm a little bit surprised to see Kentucky up there. Because I do think that Kentucky is good. I think they've become a more legitimate program uh, than what they have been in recent memory. But it's still just weird seeing Kentucky out there because of what they've been. So if I had to pick a team in the SEC to kind of fall back this year and not reach their potential, like, I like we were doing win totals. I would legitimately consider taking Kentucky's under on their win total because I think that Tennessee could be that team that disappoints. Because I mean, in recent memory, that's what Tennessee has been. So I'd, I'd say it's between the two of them of which one's going to disappoint. But I feel like Hendon Hooker is a better quarterback, or at least you know has a chance of making better plays than Will Levis does. So. I don't know I, I think that the people in Lexington are very excited over their program, and I think that they have a good reason to be, but I don't know. I just I, I don't see it happening this year, so I, I think maybe to start the year, they're a little bit overrated. Uh, I am surprised to see Oregon at eleven because I still think they could be a top twenty five program, but I think losing your head coach, whatever strained relationship he had with certain players aside that's that's a massive change so is the new guy really that good that you're ready to jump them all the way to 11 that that feels like a stretch to me
1: and oregon has a gnarly week one matchup in florida like i get that this coaching staff this new staff was not involved in the scheduling but like whoosh yeah um usc
0: being all the way up to 14 i I feel like that's a little presumptuous agreed like i said this a few times before in other mediums about lincoln riley and i'll say it again i don't know what kind of program builder he is because when he took over at oklahoma he directly took over for bob stoops so the reason stoops retired was because people there weren't very happy with how his tenure was going like they just weren't having the success that they were supposed to be having every time that oklahoma got into the college football playoff They got the brakes beaten off of them. And I think there was like one year with Baker Mayfield where they had a really, really like entertaining college football playoff game, uh, but they still end up losing that one. Yes, you have Lincoln Riley, who is a good coach. I would also say very good coach. However, I don't know what kind of program he's building because I haven't seen him have to rebuild a program. He just kind of took what was already there and and sprinkled on some, some better seasoning to it. Yes, you have Caleb Williams, who is also a very, very good quarterback. So the two of them being together, I think, could be really good, uh, especially because you don't have the distraction for young Caleb Williams of, you know, what's going on with Spencer Rattler, because that like that was a constant storyline all of last year. And and now he doesn't really have that hanging over his head to no fault of his and to no fault of Spencer Rattler's. It's just how the media works.
1: But 14 seems really high to start. 14 does seem super high, and especially since we haven't even seen them play a game yet. I, I, it's interesting that you say Kentucky. I, I don't think that they're too high yet. Um, I think that, that the, the three SEC teams that I think everyone's kind of like predicting some rotating cast is Arkansas, Kentucky, and Tennessee. In some capacity, one of those is going to be a, has a good shot of being good.
0: I want Arkansas to be good so bad for Same. no reason other than just I love their head coach.
1: I Sam Pittman's a beast. Yeah, yeah. I They're I great. love him. Um, Kentucky. I mean, Stoops has done a nice job of just like flipping that that program around. Notably, um, Mark Stoops,
0: not Bob Stoops, who we yes. mentioned
1: a second ago. Um, <clears throat> and then I mean, old right, old Miss is obviously right there as well. So it's just like sec all over the place
0: actually Um, here here's here's the one that is really now the more that i look at it just my eyes can't get off this one miami being at 16 like i mentioned usc being a bit presumptuous miami is definitely presumptuous because that program has been in the dregs of college football for a while like at least unc had a couple years of like high level decency but Miami has been like a middling ACC team, which ain't that good. Yeah. The, the, Putting them at 16 already. They did that last year and they got the their, you know, doors beaten off by Alabama. And that could happen again this year. So it just it feels like they're there because people want them to be there. Maybe not
1: because they actually deserve to be there. Was that a week one game? Uh, yes. Yeah.
0: It was either week one or week two.
1: Yeah. I, they need to bring back Jacoby Harris. Remember him? They need to bring back the entire two thousands team. Well, that's even going further back. They're all retired at this point.
0: Well, yeah, do some time traveling, get them back into their primes. You, you know, that whole deal.
1: <laughs> um Yeah, I mean, the the team that, that I guess stands out to me, and I'm I'm no, you know, groundbreaking uh, you know, discovery here is Notre Dame being five. I really like their new head coach. I mean, so do I, but it's a new, I mean, it's a new quarterback. It's a new I want,
0: coach. Yeah, and and I want to say it's it's a surprise. I want to say it's a bit unreasonable, but I really think he's going to be a good coach.
1: I mean, it's in his pedigree. He has to play Ohio State relatively early in the season. Yeah,
0: you know, that actually, you know, what, you know what I'm not seeing here. Speaking of Notre Dame, you know what I'm not seeing here that could be like
1: really important LSU is not ranked I don't think anyone knows what to expect with Brian Kelly and didn't they just lost their starter quarterback right
0: right but I believe that happened after the AP top 25 came out but I'm looking at the others receiving votes section you've got Tennessee Texas Iowa and Penn State all in front of them and LSU has been out of those five pro or the six programs, including LSU, they have been like the the best program in terms of like pedigree and like actual on field results. So, you know Brian Kelly has gotten his teams to the playoff, whether you know he whether they just lost their starting quarterback or not. You want to put Miami at sixteen? I don't know if Mario Cristobal is a better coach than Brian Kelly because. Mario Criswell had to do that at Oregon and he's got Phil Knight's deep deep pockets to work with Notre Dame has a great alumni base no doubt about that but you're also dealing with the academia of Notre Dame you're dealing with the pressure of Notre Dame you're dealing with the fact that like you have no local region to recruit out of because they're all owned by other schools in the area like you have to recruit nationally and do the best that you can with that like Brian Kelly is a damn good coach and you're going to tell me that mario cristobal is good enough to put his team at 16 and lsu in sec school that can get sec talent and when they're on own the state of louisiana which has produced countless players of nfl talent and caliber like hall of fame level players like Brian Kelly's got the better situation, in my opinion, he's got more pressure, but that's because Miami like has no expectations, and when you have no expectations, that also means you'll get no recruits. I am stunned that LSU is not in the top twenty-five.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm looking at that that group of other people that have other teams that have gotten votes. Surprised to see Boise State down there, but I'm seeing some teams that we were talking about just a few weeks ago. Texas, Iowa, Penn State, LSU, you, like you just mentioned.
0: UCLA got two votes? The UCLA, hell?
1: Yeah, Chip Kelly, man.
0: Florida got two votes? Okay, that's – Florida got 14 votes just because they're in yeah. the SEC. That's it.
1: Um, I mean, but I, I would just like to say I had I, some of my – the, uh, um, the win totals that we were talking about the past few weeks, I talked about Minnesota. I talked about Mississippi State. They're both getting semesters, so maybe I got some good luck there lined up.
0: Also, in terms of how the mighty have fallen, Auburn and Florida both received less votes than Purdue. How do you feel if you're those two programs?
1: Um. Well, I mean, ultimately, I think at the end of the season, they'll probably feel a little bit better. Um.
0: We'll see. I don't know. Florida's man. Florida's been pretty rough recently, and Auburn is always an emotional roller coaster.
1: Yeah, that's true. Um. I. Purdue though they're returning their quarterback, um, who's, a, who's a good player. I'm blanking on his name, but they lost their their top running backs.
0: They also lost Elijah Moore to the NFL, and you yeah. know, it, like the receivers, Jets. receivers make a big difference in college football. I mean, ask what happened to Maryland as soon as Dante Demas went down against Iowa. That team yeah. wasn't the same for the rest of the season. So. I mean, uh, I think I, I'm means... surprised by that.
1: So, I mean, I am I think Purdue is riding some of the high from last year. I mean, we'll see. Um, does does Brom have the coaching pedigree to turn it around or to keep that, you know, sustained I, pressure?
0: I think he's a good coach. Uh, I think he's much like Fitzgerald at Northwestern where he's probably a really, really good coach for the environment that he's in and like best suited for that. But I don't think he's like a top tier coach.
1: Yeah, which is fine. And I don't think at Purdue, they don't have, like, the top-tier expectation. They're not looking to compete with Ohio State every year. Right. Um, on, on a consistent basis. But, um, I, I you know, and I, I look up and I, I'm just looking right at Wisconsin. Graham Mertz, man, he's another guy that it's just like, is this dude ever going to pop off? they going to be able to score more than 14 points a game.
0: <laughs> I mean, Wisconsin, if you want to talk about, other than maybe Iowa, the most – like milk toast looking program of all time. I, Consistent though. Yeah, I've been hearing a lot of talk that they're going to have a down year this year. So I I don't know what to expect out of them. Um I, I just I kind of don't want to touch them right now because I really I've got nothing. Like same same with Iowa. I've heard they're going to be a little bit down this year. I've heard Minnesota should be but like the entire Big Ten West is as usual going to be a bit of a toss
1: up. I think Minnesota's going to have a rebound year in their you know I'm not talking about national con- title contender but they could be though. I mean they would have to knock some guys off but <laughs> I think that they would have a much I think they have a chance at a much better year. I mean you have to remember that they lost their starting running back um Muhammad who's an absolute freak in week 1 last year. Um granted I believe it was an Achilles so that's kind of a huge injury to come back from. Um but then on top of that they've got um tanner morgan who's back for year 11. Um, (laughs) and you know they're just one of those teams that's just well built from top to bottom um he had a whole new receiving core last year he spent some more time developing them and this is why i had them i picked their over um, a few weeks ago um just because i he's had time to mesh with those receivers um You're also you're missing the
0: most important factor for their season. They don't play Ohio State or Michigan. Yeah. So, like, that's what I'm saying. Like, they you you don't know if they could be a national title contender, because they could show up to the Big Ten championship game. And if they're good enough to pull off an upset, I don't think they will be because I think Ohio State's gonna run the Big Ten this year. But Mm -hmm. by the by you know, conference championship weekend, they could be in the conversation, and that's more than what they have been the last several years, just because those two teams aren't on their schedule, they've got to take out Wisconsin at Wisconsin. That's that's not going to be easy. Michigan State's not going to be easy. Uh Penn State, I don't know what to make of them. Uh Purdue, apparently they're worthy of some top twenty-five votes. Dude, Penn but, State, man, another year of Sean
1: Clifford. <laughs> what is up? Maybe it's just because the COVID years have really like impacted our, you know overall sense of time, but I feel like, so we're just talking about so many programs this tonight that are just playing, that have been dwelling on the same quarterbacks.
0: Yeah. Uh, It's the COVID years. It's, it's strange. Um, But let's wrap up on this. What are you most looking forward to with this
1: season? Getting back to game action, honestly. I started off to this, this segment with that, but just overall, I want to, I want to actually focus on the product. Hey, Bo.
0: <laughs> yes. My dog has entered the room.
1: <laughs> he deserved a, a warm welcome. <laughs> <laughs> well, um,
0: I'm going to take a guess that since he's in here now, he needs to go to the bathroom, which is why I'm suggesting that we wrap this up.
1: So then what are you most looking forward to?
0: You know, in all honesty, I'm looking forward to more of the same because college football is if anything consistent so we go through this every year like last year we we're going through it and we we're like oh man like this year is so crazy compared to every year in the past yet who did we have in the national title game Alabama and Georgia the the more things change the more they stay the same with college football but I'm looking for what you call the mushy middle, because that's where the fun of college football is. I want to see where a team like Baylor, who I think Dave Aranda is a criminally underrated head coach, even though, you know, they're nine or sorry, 10 in the preseason poll, like criminally underrated. I want to see if Michigan can repeat what they did last year. I mean, they're not really a mushy middle school, but, you know, still they're upper level of that slash lower level of top tier uh why is utah ranked seventh? that's what i want to know it, like their their head coach last year retired so who's this new guy and why is he so good that they're ranked seven you A know in
1: quarterback probably in the rose bowl but but
0: still like you, you see what i'm getting at here is just like the the top tier we know who the top tier are the alabama ohio state georgia uh most clemson. years most years clemson uh notre dame is usually kind of like frisky on the outside but that's their own thing once you get past those stalwarts uh oklahoma i guess oklahoma sure but they've got it's a new era there so like you just said the the fun begins i i know who's gonna be at the top i'm not interested in that because it, it it's it's nothing new when i say more of the same i mean it's that like lower upper level to like mid tier like true mid tier if we're going to be honest because like you know alabama ohio state georgia they're elite so you've got your upper levels and you got your mid tiers and then you have got like just decreasingly lower levels um Beau has my fiance shoe right now so i'm going to wrap this up in two seconds uh i am just looking to see how the middle like shakes itself out because i think by the end of the year we'll see a lot of things that we go yes we sh- could and probably should have predicted that to start the year but some crazy things could happen. There, there are some people who are really, really high on Maryland going into this year. I am cautiously optimistic on Maryland this year. Uh, I don't think that they'll be like you know fighting for a chance to win their conference. But I took them to have their season win total over. I think they'll be bowl eligible again. That sort of stuff is fun to me. Truth. So that's really what I'm looking forward to is outside of the teams that we know are going to be good. What about the teams where like I watch them and there's a better feeling of parody there? That's what I want to see. So on that note, uh, I'm going to go rescue my fiance, shoe from the teeth of my dog. Uh, thank you, everybody, for listening. Appreciate you guys as always, uh, and we will see you next time.